Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit PlanetBcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. You do what you want. Oh. Intro the podcast. <laughs> you know, my little sister, I always went away on holiday with my sisters and my dad. And way off script already. <laughs> she was like, I've listened to the beginning part of your podcast a bunch of times, but I've never listened any further because it's boring. And you always say, hello, like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that in your head, that's what the intro to this yeah, show yeah. is. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'll do okay. I'll I'll do your no, line. No, 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 I can do. I can do Levin's bit. I can go. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> welcome, welcome to Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast where we read all the comics live from King's Comics in Sydney. That's Hello, <laughs> my name is Levin's. My name is Shimon. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Uh, every week we read all the comics that came out last week. This time we're doing two weeks ago because it's January. It's oh holiday God. holiday season. Uh, and we're still struggling to read all these goddamn comics. Yeah, I did not, I did not achieve it. This There's time. nothing like worse than picking up a new batch of comics when we haven't even recorded yes. the episode for this one. And I haven't finished them yet either. Yeah. yeah. It's been a nightmare. I haven't picked up this week's comics. I don't know what's going on. Actually, did I just say there's no worse feeling? There's definitely <laughs> yeah. a million worse feelings. No, that's that. the Sorry. worst feeling. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're still on our uh, two weeks behind January. Um, hashtag two yep. weeks behind January. Uh, use it on Twitter. <laughs> it's trending right now. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, what the plan is to kind of be a little bit behind so we don't skip a week while um, mm-hmm. we all go on holidays. You, just, you did some beach time this week? Yep. Just went down the south coast and like didn't see any other human beings for three days. It was lovely. Except your, except your, like your, my your, entire family. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of human beings. <laughs> That's a lot of human beings. But no one in a store. No, one no, tra- no one in a shop. No one um, that I didn't like. No one I'm not related to by blood. That was nice. Except for my. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, except for the members of family that I'm not related to by blood. We get it. You know what? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, so Angus and I did, did recorded a Hey Fam last night, oh, yeah. um, which is another podcast I do, um, which I also exclusively do the intro to every nice. week. <laughs> um, although his catchphrase isn't hello. What's his? It just goes off on a rant nice. before I even finish the intro. Ah, It's classic. Classic. Classic banter. Um, but uh, we were talking about how like over Christmas, do you always have it in your head? Like, oh my God, I'm going to play so many games. I'm going to yep. read so many extra comics. Doesn't doesn't happen. Doesn't go down Absolutely like that. Absolutely not. So even like yeah, I, I feel like a holiday house with if it was just me and my kids and my wife, 
I reckon I would get. And that's what I've got. I've got mm-hmm. a week in Singapore. Beautiful. Because I, I, I like, you know, one of them takes a nap. I'm going to read some comics during that nap. Nice. And I'll finish uh, Strangers in Paradise in, oh, t- in time for our graphic novel wrap up, in which I only talk about Strangers in Paradise. I can't wait. In the January. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's been tough trying to find time. Yeah, absolutely. There were a lot of uh, red wines to drink, mm. a lot of games of pool to play with you, my dad. You had a pool, a pool table? There was a pool table at the beach house. That's great. It's the best. So I just went to the beach and played pool with my dad. It was fun. That's really, really, really lovely. Yeah. Cool. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we begin every episode um, after a sweet little rant. Um, yeah, uh, about we, beaches. By uh, starting off with our segment called First Things First, in which we review all of the new number ones. And uh, this week, there's a bunch of them. Mm. One of my most anticipated books of the year mm-hmm. is the first book we're going to talk about, and that is The Snagglepuss Chronicles. <coughs> Ex- exit, exit Stage left. left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles, uh, part of DC's uh, Hanna-Barbera comics line, uh, which uh, has one hit to its name in my eyes so far, mm-hmm. and that is The Flintstones. And that was written by Mark Russell, who also writes The Snagglepuss Chronicles with um, art by... Mike Feehan. And Mark Morales and Paul Mounts. Um, and uh, do you have any rec- recollection or memory of, of Snagglepuss? The pink, no. The Pink Panther who was not the Pink Panther? Uh, no, none. Zero. Um, so, yeah, I used to watch a lot of uh, Hanna-Barbera cartoons growing up, and um, he always showed up in, like, Yogi Bear specials, and uh, mm-hmm. they had a thing called, like, Scooby-Doo's Laugh Olympics. Great. And he, he always had, like, a, he was, like, a commentator or something like that. Mm-hmm. He has a bunch of – he was just, like, a very, very camp – I can't remember which, like, surely dead – uh, personality at the time he was his personality was based off of but, Truman um, Capote is it like that kind of vibe uh, I think camper than that okay yeah like like a TV personality kind okay, of okay right, right, Mo- right movie star um, but here we have Snugglepuss in his very own series um, written by Mark Russell who we've loved everything by I really enjoyed his series mm-hmm. uh, Prez I've always said I've wanted to read some of the prose that he's written he, he's written oh, two really? books about religion Oh yeah, that sounds really interesting. Um, and apparently, the the book on tape versions are really really cool. They're, they're narrated by um, the voice of Doctor Venture from the Venture Brothers. Oh, lovely. Um, uh, but yeah, I was like, kind of waiting. He hasn't really put out anything since um, the Flintstones finished in uh, early last year. Mm-hmm. He contributed a, a, a few pieces of writing to some young animal back matter mm-hmm. um, about rocks. <laughs> Did you read those? Ah, oh, in Cape Carson. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I didn't realize Mark Russell had written those. Yeah, they were pretty fun. That's funny. Uh, but this is him, yeah, making his big uh, comic book return for the year. Um, and uh, hopefully we get at least 12 issues of Snagglepuss out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully, like, after reading this, I hope, like, he is able to finish the story because he is really taking his time. Yes. This is a, a, a very slow start. Um, not, not, not to criticize it at no, all. No, no, no. But it's like just setting everything is just being set up in this issue. Yeah. Um, and uh, we are introduced to Snagglepuss, who is a... Uh, a gay southern playwright in mm-hmm. the 20s? I think it's more around 50s. the 50s because Nine, it's June, like... 953. Ah. There you go. It's all um, the HUAC stuff where they were like of course. hunting communists yeah, of in course. Hollywood. Yeah, it's a, yeah so it, it is very much a kind of... Uh, again, him kind of doing... With the Flintstones, when he did the Flintstones, like Flintstones, when it was a TV series, was a satire of modern day life mm-hmm. in the fifties. Mm-hmm. But then he, when he did his take on the Flintstones, his comic was a t- satire of daily life now. Mm-hmm. But now he's doing a satire of the fifties yep. via this Snugglepuss Chronicles book. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I thought this was a, a really strong start, um, even though it didn't really deliver anything I was expecting. Mm. Um, and and 
you know, it, we kind of get vague notions of where the story is going to go. Um, there's a lot of there's you know a lot of public figures being targeted, mm-hmm. either for connections to communism or you know being outed mm-hmm. by the media for other things that they might try and keep private in the 50s. And I think that's going to kind of be the thing that drives this series. Yeah, absolutely. Snagglepuss, the famous playwright being outed for this who he is, really is. Like, he, this was so fun. Yeah. Like, this is the first comic I've read that has, like, Dorothy Parker as, like, a fun little character. And he's also a giant pink cat with a quiff who walks around with no pants on. <laughs> so he's sitting having like martinis with Dorothy Parker with no pants on and it's like totally serious but everyone's like every so often there's just a little dog man yeah and he has a, or a, a be- hippo man he has a beard a wife yep. that uh just just for show yep um and uh yeah I, I, I was expecting a lot more of his catchphrases to show up like, no what one, are his catchphrases uh heavens to Murgatroyd oh yeah um exit stage stage because uh, exit stage left stage right even Oh, okay. And like, like, oh, I've, I've got a headache, a migraine, even. Like, <laughs> so he says even a lot. Okay. And only at one point in this, in this comic, he doesn't say it, but he's written dialogue for one of the plays ah. that we see acted out. We see someone who said uh, the a woman dressed up as a panther or a dog. I don't even mm-hmm. know. <laughs> says, she's a cat lady she's, dressed as a dog. That's right. Um, and she said, he said, he said he'd give you a job at his hotel, night manager, even. <laughs> That was like the closest thing to to uh, his his kind of catchphrases we got. I'm so into this. Of course you are. Like Mark Russell's just yeah. He's, he he writes exclusively for you and me, I think. And he's such a like <laughs> he's so like witty and like quippy. It's so perfect for this story specifically. Yeah, I love it. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to talk about another of the Hanna Barbera books later that you dropped off of the bizarre Dick Dastardly book that oh, um, yeah. and Muttley book that um Garth Ennis has written mm-hmm. was. A, like easily the weirdest issue of that. Um, I'm later so excited on the to hear about it, but not have to have read it. Yeah, <laughs> you should feel exactly like that. <laughs> but uh, this is—I thought they were really, really strong start. Look, the Flintstones ended up being, you know, top two books mm. of of last year and 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 the year before for us. Yeah, um, just a really, really strong comedic book with a lot of heart, and this is kind of leaning towards like a a, a drama book yeah. with with a little bit of comedy. Absolutely. Um, it doesn't betray, you know, if you, have a, if you have a notion of who this character should be, it still feels like this, this character, but in a, in a serious kind of mm. period set drama, um, as opposed to like a, a, a Laugh Olympics episode. Mm. Um, and uh, what's his name? The blue guy. The blue cow. I don't, I don't, Huckleberry I don't, Hound. That's it. Huckleberry Hound is in this. The blue guy. The blue guy. Um, and he's, he's, a, he's a writer as well, right? I think. I can't remember. A lot yeah. goes on in this. But yeah. it's, 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 there's a lot to take in. I'm looking forward to watching uh, re- watching where this where this goes. Absolutely, good yeah. fun. So great. Um, so yeah, please everyone jump on board this. The Snagglepuss Chronicles. Mark Russell is a great writer that deserves your support. Absolutely. Um, so we got another book from DC this week, another number one, um, and uh, this is the first of two books that we're about to talk about. Two number ones that started off with a uh, a writer. A newer writer teaming up with um, a more established writer um, mm-hmm. for a kind of spin-off book featuring a, a pretty famous hero. Um, and I found both of them to suffer from uh, a problem that we can call, you know, first comic book writer's syndrome. Okay. I'm not sure how... Um, so this is the first book I'm going to talk about is Batman and the Single Signal. Um, and this is a spin-off of Dark Knight Metal. Um, it's written by Scott Snyder with Tony Patrick. Um, so he's, Scott... Scott Snyder and Tony Patrick did the story. It's been written by Tony Patrick with art by Carly Hamner. 
Um, I love the art, first and foremost. Yeah, Colleen is great. Um, and Colors by Laura Martin, which is also very good. Um, so this book is all about uh, Duke Thomas, who, uh, as of this book, is now calling himself The Signal. A classic name. Uh, so I didn't realize he had vague superpowers that he doesn't... He's almost like an inhuman in waiting, waiting yeah, for a superpower yeah, yeah. to reveal Yeah, he has some like, weird latent superpowers. Um, but, you know, he's, he's a character that... I like even though I don't see the, the point to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's a good character just waiting for someone to do something interesting with him. Absolutely. Uh, I was kind of hoping that this would this is what this book would be. Um, I think it still could be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this was a bad book. I just think it was uh, extremely overwritten. Nowhere near as overwritten as the next book we're about to talk about. But um, uh, there, are, there are long, long periods of there's a lot of dialogue exposition and and narration from from duke thomas's point of view but you know i sort of felt like it was good because someone who like is a bit fuzzy on the character because i don't think i was reading scott snyder's batman stuff when he was also in that series we are robin yeah i didn't read that either which is weird because that sounds like a thing i would enjoy yeah i'm gonna go back and finish that i only read the first two issues um but i feel like this really caught me up on on everything in a way that I was like, oh, I, I enjoy this. I quite like this character. This is pretty interesting. I like the idea of like uh, the daytime Gotham that we never see. Yeah. Like, that's kind of fun. Um, as they, as a, as a detective, yeah, this female detective with one arm and one metal arm. Well, cool. She was the most intriguing character in this. And her, the, the best scene in this is when um, Commissioner Gordon comes to her yes. to get her back into uh crime fighting <laughs> yeah solve like you know like you know investigating crime um i thought that was the best scene in the, in the book by far it's because and i think it's because no one's narrating it while it's mm. happening um and i think uh a lot of superhero books get feel very sluggish when you have you are reading you know two or three word balloons of dialogue per panel yeah when you are you know literally seeing what they're doing as they're saying that they're doing it it's an old trope that i wish wasn't yeah. used as much yeah it's just not necessary a lot of the time but um like yeah. the first page alone there's over, t- over 20 word balloons of dialogue of, you know big squares of dialogue of narrated dialogue but i think it's you know i think this could come good by the end i'm, I'm gonna i think it's only a three series three issue series so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with this and see where it goes because i do like the character of duke thomas yeah absolutely i think he does he deserves more than the disdain that comes with you know everyone going not another robin mm. You yep. know, the, 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 the comics keep telling us that he's not another Robin. He's something different, but mm. we're yet to see what he is. Yeah, Hopefully absolutely. His book will tell us. Hmm. Um, another number one that came out this year, uh, this week. What is it? Is it early in this year? Yeah. Both answers are right. Um, but uh, through Marvel was Rise of the Black Panther. Um, this is a Black Panther spin-off um, book that, uh, yeah, again, has um, the story worked on by... Uh, he, well, actually, he's just the consultant on this book, the uh, mm-hmm. Black Panther current writer um ta-nehisi coates um has written this or he's consulted on this with um the writer evan narcisse who i think is an entertainment writer okay um and uh, art by paul renaud um and colors by stephane stephanie petro um and this book in theory should be really fun and exciting mm. because it ties the history of wakanda and the black panther um, Black Panther's father mm-hmm. to the Marvel Universe. So mm-hmm. you have Black Panther's father as the Black Panther meeting um, Captain America mm-hmm. during World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that that's how he discovers um, the fucking metal. Vibranium. Vibranium that, that his shield is made out of. Um, and then there are later things that tie, um, you know, Black Panther's family and, and Wakanda to um, 
Tony Howard Stark. Yep. Tony's dad. Um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, the von, Baron von Strucker from Hydra. Mm-hmm. But this was so, so overwritten. I really liked it, though. It was like reading a Wikipedia article <laughs> on with pictures. But it was a real interesting Wikipedia it was, it was, article. It was like very And with very, very nice pictures. I genuinely... <laughs> At the, like looking at these pages now, I'm like, oh, I guess that is a lot of text. But at the time, I was really not conscious of it. Um, well, that's good to hear you say that. Yeah, I, I, I really, really liked this. T'Challa's mum is so cool. She's like this cool scientist. And there's a panel with her riding on a motorcycle and his dad's just wearing a cape and no shirt, which is my favorite outfit. But this cape is, and no shirt. This <laughs> issue is, is narrated by someone who we don't see until the very end of the book. It's oh, yeah. written by the woman who had become... Black Panther's T'Challa's uh, mother figure. Yeah. No, it's... Sorry. But, like, isn't it first narrated by the mother and then she dies and the word balloon, the, the outline colour changes? Oh, God. See, and that's then what it's I mean. the there, other mother. And then there's another narrator as Ramonda, well. Ramonda, who the, we see... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think, the, again, another like one this. where I think if this wasn't narrated, it would be so much better. Yeah, maybe, yeah. It was a, like, like it was a lot of information <coughs> that I think... They were trying to get across. If, it, if this is just a series of vignettes, yeah, true. jumping forward, and I think there was another great. Oh yeah, when we talk, we'll talk about it next. The Secret Weapons um, was so great. Secret Weapons Zero came out this week. We'll talk about it in a minute, but it was so yeah. great the way it jumped forward in time. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like if, if this did, even though we're jumping significantly further in time each time, I think you know we're smart enough to understand where we're at with it. Look, I, I think the writing in this was tremendously overwritten. But, yeah. but the story they are telling is very, very interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like, yeah, it is like reading like an encyclopedia <laughs> it's of, very, it's, of what happened. It is super wordy, but... And the, the cover of the next issue I has, really has Namor it. on it. So obviously I'm yes. going to I love Namor. I love Namor. Um, Do you see that Tom Taylor totally bowed to like public pressure and is <laughs> taking Namor's shirt off? As of, like As of issue three of... Um, X Men Red or something. Like, what he's, he's not he's wearing a shirt in the first two issues. The first, um, all the like, uh, what's it called? Art <laughs> preview art <laughs> has him wearing like like a onesie, like a full jumpsuit, with right? Like, little cap sleeves and everything. Can and you see? Like, his, nope, absolutely not. Can you see his dainty little heel wings? Um, not in that specific image, which is annoying to me. Then how does he fly? How does he fly? <laughs> so. Look, I don't. I'm not. I'm bringing this up just because it is something that I I hate reading, mm. and um, people bring it up all the time, and it doesn't matter to me. Right. But like, in the instance of us seeing an incredibly sexualized female yes. superhero on a cover, and if like if 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 everyone if 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 say like I don't know Power Girl yeah, yeah, yeah. showed up and the boob window was missing and she was in a quite a you know uh, concealed yeah superhero outfit. Um, and people, there was an outcry. Mm. I feel like no one would take them seriously. Yeah, totally. And, and we would never get the boob window back. But, uh, look, look, look. Mm. Power Girl's boob window has only increased in size well, over she, the years. Does she even exist anymore? Uh, she's a black teen now with no boob window. Yeah. Which is probably mean? better. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, 100%, I'm totally guilty of like, but I, I like, I like the boob window. That's just my vibe. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, like, like, I, I think that it, like, I like equaling out. The, the, yeah. we, we need more half naked men also, to also equal out. Like, yeah. like, I would, I like, 
I like Emma Frost to be like in a corset and thigh high stockings. It because works that's for the like, character. That's her. Yeah. That's her vibe. 100%. And same thing with Namor. He's like just trying to do everyone all the time. And also, like, that, that, isn't that like his, tra- his, his, his traditional g- garments? Yeah, know, absolutely. Yeah. He's a swimmer. <laughs> yeah, swimmers don't wear much. Yeah. Have you ever watched the Olympics, you idiot? <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to right now. <laughs> but they're an idiot. They're fucking morons. Um, I'll put out another number one this week that I forgot to read. I forgot to cool. even pick up. But I'll, I'll steal it from you so I can read it. Um, Rogan Gambit, number one, written by Kelly Thompson, with art by Pere Perez and colors by Frank Damata? Damata. So I saw this um, advertised a lot in mm-hmm. uh, Marvel books this week. And yeah. the cover is, you know, like our cl- one of our favorite things where... Oh, no, it wasn't. Right. The, the advertising image that they're using for it is one of our favorite things where it's like a cover where the two characters are talking to each other. Oh. And like in, in the uh, preview, I'll try and find oh, it. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. like it's like, you know, Gambit being like, oh, mon chéri, maybe I will finally have my way with my love of my life. <laughs> like... He sounded a lot more Transylvanian than I, than I was intending, but uh, this I, my 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 initial reaction to this was like, oh wow, it's like a full on like romance comic. Yeah, 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 it's just like a sexy romance comic where <laughs> Katie Pride is like, you guys have to go on a sexy a sexy mission <laughs> because I you just have to. I just said so. Here you go. It's even more it, like my stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> impersonation of, of what Gambit would say is even it's this it is even worse what he actually said this could be my last chance to make up with Rogue if we both survive that is <laughs> and then Rogue says if that old swamp rat tries to use this mission as an excuse to get back together I'll send him straight back to the bayou <laughs> that's not what it says <laughs> it's really what it says oh my that's how they god advertise this. oh my god <laughs> X-Men <laughs> so how did yeah first and foremost how does rogue talk because i hate the the rogue speak i love the rogue speak. I'll... i'm i'm so trash okay um yeah like i mean it's not it is not offensive but i just it's just funny that like she's the only person in the entire Ma- uh, marvel universe that speaks like that so <laughs> there's like no other accent. there's no other southerners in the marvel universe it's just rogue yeah absolutely <laughs> um yeah, like, I think I actually really enjoyed this. I like Kelly Thompson. And she's the first one who I think has made, like, Headmaster Kitty seem not, like... A, a like, boring rule lover. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this um, is it, written by Kelly Thompson. Yeah, with, did you ever say Art by Perry Perez? You already said that. I was reminding myself. Chris Anker did the cover. Yeah, Chris Anker did the great cover. And I really like the art, too. And there's, like, this, this is funny. It's, like, a really silly comic. There's, like, some shenanigans going on at a sexy couple's island. And they're like, well, let's go get some couple's therapy while we're at it. And Gambit's are like, but why can't we just make love one last time and get together? Because you know you love me. And she's like, I can't control my powers, Gambit. And then he's like, then why'd you make out with Deadpool? That's pretty fun. Because no one cares what happens to Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, so it's just super classic going back to like the bare bones of their character dynamic and putting it all on a sexy tropical island. Great. I'll be stealing this and I'll be reading this. Yeah. Do, you, do you think they will ever leave the sexy tropical island or is this a little mini series? Look, they're like, at the end, the final cliffhanger is like, oh, they, they are now being experimented on or something. Oh, right. So fucking gambit. Still sexy though. Still sexy. Um, I liked it. Stealing this from you. Thank yeah. you. Sticking with it? Yeah. Okay, very good. Um, I mentioned it earlier, and now we'll talk about it. Seri- secret weapons. Serious, serious weapons. <laughs> secret weapons number zero, 
um, a little prelude comic um, from a, one of our favorite miniseries of last year that came mm-hmm. out through Valiant. Um, this was written by Eric Heisera um, with, uh, who did the art on the last one? Raul Allen. Yeah. Um, on the miniseries, unfortunately not returning, but instead we get quite a decent artist uh, filling in, um, Adam Polina with colors by David Barron. <clears throat> and um, this tells the story of um, one of the uh, Psyots mm-hmm. from uh, the Valiant Universe who would become a secret weapon um, in the uh, in the miniseries. Um, it, this tells her story, everything that led led to her, basically like being found by the um, what was his name Harada, yep. the guy who like kind of like enabled all of these you know teens to have their powers, mm-hmm. um, and has her like kind of. We, we meet her and she's just an average high school student mm-hmm. about to go to college. Um, and uh, then we see her, you know, have her powers discovered and, and then everything turned to shit and her getting hunted um, by the government. Um, and uh, basically all the events that lead up to the, f- the first panel of, uh, of Secret mm-hmm. Weapons, number one. Um, and the entire thing is told using this great, you know, I'm sure you've read lots of comics that do this, but it just, it, every, every panel is a different date. Yeah. So it and- starts in... Every page is just four panels. Yep. So there's like this really steady passage of time. And then towards the end, it stops like you start seeing a little bit more from each day um, until we get up to sort of present time. Yeah. And this was really enjoyable. And again, just going to name drop my little sister. But when we were away on holidays, she picked this up and read it and loved it individually, having not read Secret Weapons. And like took it down like as a little note like i'm gonna buy the rest of this so it is like like i think that's a huge selling point for it yeah and i think that's totally someone that it would this book would appeal to because it's such a relatable she starts off as such a like relatable teen just worried about like boys and going to a dance and all this stuff and then slowly her life just unravels into this bizarre sort of running from the law yeah thing well the secret weapons trade just came out Mm-hmm. And uh, when you go pick it up from King's Comics this week through mm-hmm. in 10 Pitt Street, Sydney. Nice. Um, Kingscomics.com. Uh, that's right. Um, you can pick up the Zero issue alongside it because it's a great companion piece to it. Absolutely. Um, and like I think, yeah, Secret Weapons is probably my favorite superhero comic that came out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I, Eric Heisler is definitely someone that I know he, you know, he, he, he wrote Arrival, that movie. Yeah, um, I liked that movie. Oh, I still haven't seen it. It's a good movie. Um, and uh, what about Passengers? Did you see that one? The um... No, I heard that there was like some icky sort of weird rapey elements oh, doesn't no. have Chris Pratt yeah I don't like Chris Pratt you like anymore. Chris Pratt I've just decided he's, you've, you've, like this week I was like no I think he's smug <laughs> <laughs> no, I just don't like him now <laughs> what a scandal um, let's wait but I hope smug. that I hope that uh, Eric Heiser sticks around in comics particularly yeah. on this series too I think he said as much that Siri- Secret Weapons will return so yeah yeah I, I really do hope this character so. Nikki incredibly enjoyable N- Nikki I don't know what her superhero character name is but Talks to pigeons, lady. Yep, pigeon woman. Um, I, the I, I, old lady really from Mary Home Alone 2. All right. <laughs> Her name is Tuppence a Bag. <laughs> <laughs> Super Tuppence a Bag. <laughs> uh, I can make you snort like four good. times this episode. <laughs> I know. Real good. I'm having a good time. Um, boom Studios this week. I don't week. read any more. Oh, wow. Number one. Oh, man. You missed out on some good stuff. Ah, uh, boo. David F. Walker. Ah, um, uh, boo. One of our favorite writers uh, from uh, recent times over at Marvel. He wrote um, uh, Iron Man, pa- Power Man and Iron Fist. Yep. <laughs> Iron Man and Power Fist. Um, and uh, he also wrote that great uh, Nighthawk 
um, miniseries. Yes. Oh, I um, missed that comic. Occupy Avengers. Yep. Lots of series that I miss dearly. Yeah. Um, but he has also lent his uh, writing skills to a couple of uh, Planet of the Apes miniseries. Oh, cool. For Boom. And I have no love for this Planet of for the Planet of the Apes series because I've not watched any of the movies mm. or read anything from that franchise much before. However, we read a one shot that came out a couple months ago that I loved. Mm. Do you remember it was like kind of in the 30s or yep. whatever and um yeah you know classic they discover the apes the apes fucking kill the humans yeah eat, eat shit you dumb humans <laughs> um and this is a new series called planet of the apes ursus um, written by david f walker with um uh art by chris mooneyham colors by jason wordy um and uh <clears throat> the art first and foremost is like this brilliant Gorgeous. throwback but still modern like it looks like almost like silver age artwork but like with looks really european really modern finishing i guess Mm. i don't know yeah it's really really great and the whole thing is about um Ah, beautiful i love the colors uh on the planet of the apes while they're routinely going out to shoot a bunch of humans cool one of them shoots a black human and this is a something out of the ordinary and Mm. so they take um the black human to uh their leader ursus general Mm -hmm. general ursus and he is like this is a bad omen and oh. so this is basically, yeah, a, a, about about like the the first black human discovered on the planet of the apes cool. in a long while. And you know, obviously, David Orfogor is a black writer; he's mm. the right person to write this. Mm-hmm. Probably pitched it to, um, and it's a yeah, a really interesting take because you see, like, it, this is mo- mostly a, a political book, mm. as you see, Ursus have to like talk with the. Uh, chimpanzees or whatever it is that uh he has to you know take orders from and mm-hmm. uh the people underneath him that are that are you know trying to let him know what's going on mm-hmm. i thought it's a really really cool and unique book and i highly recommend it even if you are not yeah. someone who uh, has much love for the uh, planet of the apes is that a is it a one shot or is it a mini it's a mini series six issue mini series cool. through boom studios called planet of the apes ursus oh, I'm gonna check it's a that brilliant out. cover too look at that fucking great cover yeah it's like a really um, incredible it's a it's a it's ursus the general uh, in his traditional garments, big, you know, ape, and then his 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 helmet is a birdcage, and there are humans inside the birdcage. Cool, real cool stuff. Another book that I loved this week, uh, a new uh, another another six issue miniseries, start of one, um, from the pages of Hellboy. I feel like I always kind of uh, you know check in on these whenever they come out, read the mm-hmm. first issue, and they go, I don't need to read any more of this. Not this one, Shimon, <sighs> because this one normally they're written. It's like, you know, story by Mike Mignola written by some guy you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. And no offense to those guys, but you're not Mike Mignola and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to read your comic all the way to the end. Um, this one was written just by Mike Mignola. Oh, it's called Koshe the Deathless. Um, and uh, this is uh, one of kind of Hellboy's, like, you know, he po- popped up uh, in, in a few of Hellboy's um, stories as, as a villain mm-hmm. um, who at one point threw a, threw a dagger into Hellboy's back. Um, and this story actually catches up with Hellboy who is in hell. Ah. So for those of you who are wondering, you know, what is more of a, more of a, you know, what's Hellboy doing now? He's mm. in hell having a conversation with uh, one of his old adversaries. So this is Koshe the Deathless. Um, and this is just his story. And it was such a great, great tale of like, you know, this fucking dude who got the shit beat out of him and made a deal with a dragon. Um, and then, cool. yeah, he, he, you know, he, he was basically indestructible oh, um, save for I don't know, there, there was all these weird conditions and magic and 
so much death in this comic, um, considering it's called like the, the words "the deathless" mm. are, are in the title. It's not deathless, but uh, the art was by Ben Stenbeck with colors by the great Dave Stewart. It just and looks amazing, brilliant art, and like yeah, like I would 100 percent recommend this to anyone. Yeah. Um, 2018 has to be the year that I actually read Hellboy. <laughs> yeah, it's the Strange in Paradise and Hellboy are the two things that I want to finish. I've uh, I've read Hellboy from like pretty much every every issue and I but I've never read BRPD that's been a okay. series so maybe I'll do that mm. and uh but yeah it's it's a favorite of uh, of many people in our um in our Facebook group the series mm-hmm. Facebook book so much so that they've started an offshoot Facebook group oh, uh, a Hellboy reading club Aww. so if that appeals to you in any way sounds appealing to you in any way um come find us at facebook.com slash groups slash series issues podcast cool. all are welcome to join Absolutely. there's two questions you have to answer in order to join one of them is Who's your favorite superhero? And um, uh, what's your favorite podcast? And everyone expects that I won't let them in if they don't say serious issues. And they're right. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Um, Another one that came out this week was a Star Wars number one. Um, And usually this would be coming out through Marvel, but um, there are a bunch of all ages Star Wars comics that are coming out through IDW, which is baffling. And feels like a real missed opportunity from Marvel's point of view because they have a lot of writers that are quite well suited to um, uh, to, to all ages writing. Mm-hmm. And the art in this issue that I'm about to talk about looks like Chris Sumney. <laughs> so like, I'm like, oh, this is really, really good and pretty close to what we got from Sumney. Who is it? Fucking imagine if Sumney was doing it. Uh, yeah. So this has uh, been written by Elsa Charitier and uh, Pierrick Colinet. With um, art by Elsa Charitier. There you go. Do you want to Google who that is yeah. while I... Um, while I oh, uh, where's my phone? You can Google online if you want. Can you online? I've got an iPhone 10 Siobhan. I open it. I unlock my phone with my face now. It's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> Colors by Sarah Stern. But yeah, I'll leave this, the, the spelling. Elsa Charitier. Um, and this, uh, this book is called Star Wars Forces of Destiny Leia. And it's a series of one-shots that IDW are releasing um, that are all about the uh, various... Um, heroines in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get like a Ray one uh, this week after this one. Um, there is a Hera from the, ah. from the uh, animated stuff. There's Ahsoka and Padme and Rose and Paige from, uh, and, uh, from The Last Jedi. Cool. <laughs> um, Excellent, <Sina>. <clears throat> With a very cool um, <clears throat> list of creators. Jody Hauser is writing the Ray book. Cool. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really great. <clears throat> Devin Grayson is doing the Hera book, um, and uh, yeah, this this episode, this sorry, this issue is uh, is basically set on Hoth, um, Leia on Hoth um, before the events of. Wow, and, she makes um, everyone look so beautiful. Her, and <clears throat> the art is brilliant. So yeah. tell me about her. What um, she did the uh, Unstoppable Wasp. She oh, was the of reason course. that I read The Unstoppable Wasp. Her art was so, so wonderful. Yeah. She also did Starfire, the recent Starfire series over at DC. Um, Infinite Loop. She's worked on DC Bombshells. Whole bunch yeah. of stuff. Well, look, yeah, it's it's a really really sweet. This is like gorgeous, sweet and cool. Like you know, and, and this is a you know, in all ages, in, you know, do the fucking air quotes for yeah. it because this has just as much story and adventure and and interest as you would get out of a Star Wars Marvel book, if not more so. Yeah, they like just... it, it's not like a dumbed down Star Wars book at all. This is like a great. This reminds me of um that Chris Amney book. That really early Chris Samney book, Thor the Mighty oh, Avenger, which is one of my all-time favorite Thor comics. With, um, written by the dude who also did all the Henson stuff. Uh, yeah, Roger Langridge. Roger Langridge, that's right. Yeah. So, so gorgeous. I yeah. really highly recommend anyone checking that out if you like beautiful, beautiful Chris Samney art and lovely Thor stories. Just a book that like was one of the saddest cancellations of all time. Absolutely. And it got cancelled because it 
people wanted to categorize it as an all ages book and it wasn't really like mm. it's very like it's 100 percent accessible to people of all ages but it wasn't exclusively an all ages book and so people were like oh well, i'm not buying that because it's a kid's book and that's why i got cancelled it's a really hard book to find now too yeah i, I found two like kind of like weirdly mid-sized uh trade yeah, collections of, of, of it but i would love like a big nice hardcover of it i think they've re-released it as like one trade paperback recently give me a hug yeah. that's a, like a book that i would love to own hardcover yeah, totally. Read with my with my kids yeah um, but I will also be collecting every issue of this Star Wars Forces of Destiny um, off to a great start with, yeah, with Leia. Like, you know, it's not like an incredibly groundbreaking story, but, you know, neither are the Marvel ones. They can't yeah. do much with these characters. You just got to tell this tale that doesn't really affect them in the future. Um, and this is just, you know, Leia kind of proving herself and kind of, you know, giving Han a bunch of lip, but proving herself as like a, a capable fighter and, uh, and hero, um, just like the voice around a push around by. Exactly. Star Wars comic should be like just a little standalone adventure with like little ditty, gorgeous art, with gorgeous cartooning art. Yeah, there's no fucking photo referencing in this art at all. Yeah. So yeah, um, this is a, a great, a great, great series for everyone to jump on board if you're a Star Wars fan who's been a little bit disappointed in the Star Wars comics over mm-hmm. at Marvel. Um, and just, it's, I mean, I'm glad that IDW doing it because I feel like we wouldn't have gotten this talent on a. Uh, on, on, a Marvel, on a Marvel book. Well, who knows? Maybe we would. I don't know. Mm. But this is great. Star Wars Forces of Destiny. Ray is next week. And I'll be talking about that then one too. Cool. <coughs> Beautiful. That is your, your boyfriend's fault. He gave me a beer. Happy New Year, everybody. Damn it. <laughs> um, so final all-ages book. I'm bummed you didn't read this. Yeah. Because um, it was an Archie all-ages book. Yeah, I know. And I even saw it and I was like, mm, no, um, for yeah, some reason. It was shit, so don't worry about it. Cool. Uh, it's called Cosmo, an all-new, all-fun sci-fi adventure. Um, and this is very much like, you know, a kid's book. It's was not it all-new or all-fun? Uh, no, it was just all, all Cosmo. All regular. Um, Ian Flynn wrote this with art by Tracy Yardley. Um, and the art is you know, perfectly competent for an all-ages cartooning kind of book. Colours by Matt Herms. Uh, Cosmo and his Martian crew are travelling in search of adventure in the deepest corners of space. And they find a human. And the human hides from them because he thinks they're evil aliens. But they just want him to come on... an racist human. They just want him to come on adventures with them. And it's just like, who gives a shit? Your kids are smarter than this. They deserve better. Cool. Get them Thor the Mighty Avenger instead. Agreed. Um, so those are our number one reviews this week. Um, again, if you'd like to come and discuss uh, these new series with us, you know, do you want to find out a little bit more about the ones we talked about so you can make your decision? Or do you disagree with us or agree with us? Hopefully agree with us. Uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash series series podcast is where you can discuss all the comics that came out uh, both last week and the week before it. <laughs> um, so now we but play... But not this week because I'm not caught up. So no one ruined no, anything No, no one ruined me. anything. No spoilies. Please. Uh, so now we play a game called Find the Dice. So I can play the game called Roll the Dice for Marvel, Image, or DC. Uh, one to two is Image. Three to four is Marvel. Five to six is DC. And first up, it's a five. So DC first. And then we got a six. So DC second. Three. So we're going to do DC, DC Marvel, Marvel, Image. Classic. And then finally, other publishers after that. Um, so let's kick off with some DC reviews. <clears throat> uh, so we want to check in on the event Super Sons of Tomorrow, which is the uh, big event that was written by uh, Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. Uh, that's uh, spreading over Superman, Super Sons, and Teen Titans. Uh, this is the fourth part four of it in uh, Superman issue number thirty-eight. Um, and uh, is this had, finished? Is no, there's one more to go. Issue? One okay. more to go in uh, I think in Teen Titans. The reaction issue. Um, I am very on board with what this uh, became. Yeah, 
like this is this is the you know how last week you talked about how much you love comics because they're just so dumb. Yes. Uh, I will read you a line of dialogue. Oh yes, please. <laughs> from uh, from this comic. Whoa. Tim Drake's chronal energy-infused hand may have helped pull us through time and space. Problem is, his hand's got a mind of its own <laughs> and led us to some kids who's about to go boom. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so, at one point... I was sort of like, oh, I thought it got too serious with Tim Drake calling himself saviour and then literally becoming a saviour. That was annoying. But um, you make you make a very compelling point. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, basically bringing... Ba- after we got a time-displaced... Tim Drake from the future, who has become an evil Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, he he came to kill um, Superboy before he destroyed um, everyone, everyone, millions of he, people. He can go supernova and explode. Um, but hot on his heels, looking for him to drag him back to their time. Uh, some uh, heroes that have been missing from the DC universe mm-hmm. since New Fifty Two. They are um, Connor Kent, um, aka Superboy. Superboy. Um, we've also got Bart Allen, aka. What's he called? Impulse? He was Kid Flash? He was Kid Flash, then he was Impulse, then he was The Flash. So who is he right now when he's yellow and red? I think he's The Flash. Okay. Um, and then who's Blondie again? Cassie Sandsmark. Wonder Girl and I guess Wonder, Wonder Woman. Right. So they all kind of, uh, they literally rip his hand out yeah. of this time into theirs and then they use it to guide them back to this time. Yeah, but I liked that it wasn't like a gross bloody hand. It was just like, it just like... It's like a glove. Just came off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was like, you know, it, it definitely had some serious moments, but I, uh, but I liked that the thing that makes uh, John Kent go supernova um, after he willingly like knocks both him and Robin out so he can be taken to somewhere safe where they can look after him mm-hmm. is uh, seeing his, his dad uh, trapped in red kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's what finally causes him to start to in, you know, explode. Um, and uh, spoilers, but uh, Tim Drake, not as evil as we thought. Not as evil as we thought. After claiming that he was a uh, saviour um, mm-hmm. last issue, um, he, he, he saves everybody by taking the blast Yeah. while he goes back in time yeah. into the light. So it ends, is he dead or does he just now have like very, very crazy superpowers? I guess we'll find out mm-hmm. next week. Um, but he's falling through time. Yeah, so they said it's going to be concluded in Super Sons issue twelve through a tunnel of classic DC universe images. So who knows what ha- what 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 it's, what's happened um, because of his actions? Mm. But I, I ended up I was like, oh, this is actually pretty fun. I was pretty negative towards it. And now we have like I guess Connor and Cassie and Bart in the main DC universe. Yeah, for but a... like adult versions. Weird. Mm. They're going to be another team. Who's Bart Allen? Is is. Uh... Uh, okay, he's like from the future and he's like Barry's grandson? Okay. Wally's grandson? Yeah. I, They're I feel like, like related. But what happened to Wally's kid who was Impulse? Isn't he Bart too? No, Wally had twins. Right. And they don't exist anymore. Right. I think. They had speed powers too, though, right? Yes. And then, but their speed powers, like, became too much and they were, like, rapidly aged up so they could be sexy teens. Oh, cool. Yeah. Classic comics. Is that Wade? Wade's run? I don't remember. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was uh, Superman issue number 38. Uh, we also got the 38th issue of Batman this week, uh, a one shot um, written by Tom King with art by Travis Moore. Um, Ugh. Like, yeah, sorry, I was about to be like, make a joke, be like, oh, depressing Tom King. But this was a really heavy issue again. Come on, this was really full on. Yeah, it was Any full on. Any Victor Zaz story is going to be really full on. Yeah, Zaz, but yeah, that's a hard, a hard one to tackle. 
because um, yeah. he's one of the most despicable villains in Gotham. But then, then Tom King makes someone worse. Um, so, and this actually, it's 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 timely because this almost parallels what's happening in the Kurt Busiek, um, uh, what what's the Batman oh, yeah, creature yeah, of yeah. the night, creature of the night um, yeah. kind of Elseworlds tale in which uh, someone kind of. Who, who calls himself Bruce Wayne he loses his parents just like Bruce Wayne did. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we see like, another orphan, uh, orphaned kid um, who wants to become Bruce Wayne in a way. Mm-hmm. His parents are killed by Victor Zaz, or are they? Or are they, um, everyone? It's a kind of. It's a, what I loved the most about this is that it was um, Batman doing detective work for the entirety of yes, the issue. I enjoyed that. You have um, basically a copycat killer. Um, who is trying to frame Zaz and um, then Two Face, and um, you have so not only do you have Batman working out that it's Zaz and Two Face, then you have him going, "Wait a minute, I was Zaz right. and Two Face would never do this because," and then explains the way his thinking works, which I really, really appreciated. It's something we don't see enough in Batman comics mm-hmm. is actual fun detective work, and I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. I definitely agree. It ended super heavy yeah. with uh, a kid with like a pretty like a pretty. I I just feel like Tom King is so heavy-handed with everything. And like, yeah. I turn a blind eye to that stuff. Yeah. I appreciate the journey to get to that point and then I just forget the last two pages. <laughs> and then looking at what he did, I'm like, yeah, this ends with a kid fucking carving the names Thomas and Martha into his cheeks. Yeah. And, he says, and Batman says, you're not Bruce Wayne. You're a sick kid with dead parents. And the kid says, yes, well, but what else is Bruce Wayne? Mm. You're looking forward to Tom King's Swamp Thing winter special? It says cold as hell and has a child like surrounded, surrounded by, by dead bodies <laughs> inside Swamp Thing's burning body. Sign yeah. me up. Yeah, sounds good. Oh, Kelly Jones is doing art though. Yeah, so Kelly Jones is doing <laughs> art in that for cool. the, uh, the, the, the last Swamp Thing story that Len Wayne drew. Uh, right, sorry, right. Oh, okay. So Jason Fabok is doing the Tom King bit. Yep. Yeah. Uh. Yep. You want a Tom King overload? Or there's you... just there's a lot, and it's like cause it's been on a very like he writes these really light-hearted Batman issues. Yeah, the but last then follows the last up two. everything with like. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you. Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Just making you want to kill yourself. <laughs> and like even the light stuff is kind of heavy it, kind of like, character. He just, he just says exactly what his message is in every single issue. <laughs> you, know, like, you could you could like not say the name of the comic in the comic. You know what I mean? <laughs> Truly, this is <laughs> Batman issue thirty-eight, the, the final. Truly, dialogue. this was the origin of Bruce Wayne. <laughs> um, so we've got issue thirty-six of Justice League, which is written by Christopher Priest. We have got two Christopher Priest books this yeah, week. Yeah, little Christopher Priest. Um, with party. art by Pete Woods, who is someone I'm really appreciating on this book. I just think it's great yes. cartooning. Really, really great. Is. And not only do we get you know like a really really well divvied up. Justice League team um, of like, you know, Aquaman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Batman, and two Green Lanterns. Yeah. Um, we also get um, Nightwing for a little bit in this um, as he tries to confront Batman um, after a copycat killer dressed mm-hmm. as Batman kills a judge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, this 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 uh, entire arc is called the People versus Justice League, but it really feels more like Justice League versus Batman mm-hmm. as we see a lot of the internal politics, particularly from... What's that Green Lantern's name? Um, Simon Baz. Simon Baz. And we've all read this kind of story before. Everyone, Absolutely. Everyone disagreeing with what Batman does, but there's a great twist at the end. Yes. Where Batman knows that that's what everyone expects and allows everyone to... Allows basically his enemy to, to hear what... To hear that, like, you know, so we, we tricks, we, we're tricked as a reader mm. that all these arguments are actually happening because they're, you know... Oh, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's a little bit of both. Like that, that the characters yeah. feel this, but also Batman is allowing his enemies absolutely to hear this and then planning something else. Yeah, there, and also this is like a fresh take. I feel on the like, is vigilantism justified? How do the Justice League work with like? Why are they allowed to work without borders? Like, I mm. feel like these are ideas that have been dealt with before in superhero comics, but I think that Christopher Priest is doing like a really fresh take on it. And I really enjoyed this. And it's also the return of like surly sea captain Aquaman. Who does what he wants. Cause he's a fucking king. He's fucking a king. It doesn't no, really, he's, not fucking, he's a fucking a king. A king. He is fucking a king. No, wait. Oh, he's I'm fucking so Tom King. He's fucking Tom King. And he's like, there's a bit where he goes, should I give you my standard arrogance of mankind speech about this foolishness? Like, that's Aquaman that it's, I want It's read. not in line Get out at of my all ocean. with Aquaman, the, I the don't solo care. series, but it's fine. They can both exist in my heart Very at true. the same time. Comics can be different at the same time. Um, yeah, really, really great issue. Great arc and just what, you know, what, what I want out of a Justice League book, basically. Absolutely. Very, um, very good. So I mentioned it earlier in the episode. Oh, no, we're talking about, we're talking about Christopher Priest right now. Yeah. Um, I read Deathstroke, issue number 27, um, which is written by Christopher Priest with art by um, someone... Uh, oh no, Diogenes <laughs> Diogenes Nevesis. Yes, with inks by Jason Paz and color by Jeremy Cox, and a really really good cover by Ryan Sook. Brilliant, brilliant cover. Um, I have no fucking idea what's going on in this series. Me neither, I but I, I like it. I like it too. I think I have to drop it and wait for it to come out in trades. Uh, yeah, I think that I think the kind of overall Christopher Christopher Priest's books might read better in trade because I think he does sort of long 
plots and there's so much like remember what happened in issue 19 exactly I'm like no i don't remember at all but i'm that was eight issues i'm on ago. board yeah i've only just realized that there are two wintergreens and that one of them lives in the implant in thingy yes. slay's head only because they literally said that before that i was like i guess there's two guys called wintergreen i don't <laughs> know what's going on um but uh, this was like a good character study of terror and i like this version that he's doing Everyone, it's, it, there's, who, I, it's a very I've, I've raunchy book. I've already forgotten book. who this guy is. Oh, yeah. Everyone's fucking. Yeah. It's a sexy... And there's a lot of, like, age gaps. This makes like, me like think of... Um, old and young relationships. Christopher Priest is old. He wants to date someone young. I think that's the message of this book. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me of Stop how, jogging in society. How Secret Six um, got away with so much because just, like, no one, like, no one was really reading it. And so they just got, like, away with just doing all this shit and they didn't really have... An editor? I don't know what the editor is with this. They have editors. I mean, Christopher Priest is an ed- editor. Maybe he's just but he's a, just he's getting away with shit. Alex Antone. Antone. Thanks, Alex, for letting this through. But I love it. Yeah. Cool I fun. like it a lot. Uh, did you read Batman, White Knight? Yes, I did. By Sean Murphy with Matt Hollingsworth uh, on colors. But Sean Murphy wrote and drew this book. Um, this is about the Joker... Um, not becoming, he's, he's not the Joker anymore, everybody. It's Jack Napier. He's Jack Napier, and he's out to prove to Gotham that they don't need Batman. In fact, Batman is a hindrance. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this issue, four of eight, he um, aligns with Commissioner Gordon to create his own uh, alternative to Batman and superheroes, mm-hmm. the one that works with the GCPD. This is a pretty raunchy book as well. We see the Joker's butt. Yeah, we totally do. And we see uh, Harley Quinn's boob covered by a word balloon. Yes. Or maybe that's what her boob looks like. Just <laughs> imagine that like, taking your top off and always having the words what offer written on your boob. <laughs> um, but this, is, this, this book is how, when you talk about Tom King, yeah. this book makes me feel like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. I think that... It's pretty like, it's surprisingly dry and like bureaucracy themed. Like, no, I'm doing this by the book. It's just kind of boring. Yeah. But I still kind of like it. Look, I'm still going to read it till the end. There's I, two Harley Quinns running around. It's 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 he he writes in a similar style to Scott Snyder, who is a, you know he's mm-hmm. quite often collaborator. Mm. Um, but yeah, at the, at the end of this, the next this next issue is going to be linking Thomas oh and God, Martha yes. Wayne to the Nazis. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very silly. I forgot about that. The, yeah, the political elements of this, I think, are the weakest part. Yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. Like they were written it's by trying a, real hard to be like a year edgy. twelve student. Yeah. yeah, totally. You know what's the worst thing? Nazis. <laughs> They're no good, and I'm going to tell the world. I love it. Um, so I also read Injustice number seventeen. Great. And let me pitch to you why this book is just so up your alley. I'm so sold on it already. I just never pick it up. Um, I think you should start picking it up. Yeah, and no, I should. Don't worry. It, it, I'm Tom never Taylor. Catch up. Tom Taylor is the writer. There's a revolving um, art art roster that just do really great kind of like classic DC style um, mm-hmm. art. Uh, this issue is uh, drawn by. Oh, fuck! I do not care about all these new DC books they're advertising at the back. No, Go away. Stop trying to sell me on sideways DC. Um, it's uh, penciled by Bruno Redondo with art by Juan Albaran and colors name. by Rex Locus. Um, and so in this issue, Rachel Ghoul gets um gorilla grod great um, and the other ape the big white ape uh, ultra humanite uh, what's his name solovar is he the ultra oh, humanite no. um to create amazo great um and then amazo is amazo a big monkey no, no amazo is a, a big robot because they have the help of P- professor ivo ah. 
the guy who made the metal man yes um and then amazer goes to like some uh, is that brother eye small town yep yeah, so batman has brother eye on um and uh amazer destroys all the humans in the t- in, in this one small town but like like hundreds thousands of them Thousands of humans are destroyed by Amazo, except he, he doesn't hurt any of the wildlife or fauna because he's working for Rachel Gould, who wants to preserve um, uh. animal life, and, and Poison Ivy, who wants to preserve plant life. Cool. Um, and uh, it's up to Batman, Batgirl, and Plastic Man to go and do recon and see what they can say while they're there. And um, at the end of the issue, Plastic Man like offers his hand out to a cat, and a cat like swipes at him and says and goes hiss, and then. As they fly away, a fucking red lantern ring <laughs> flies down and and goes on the cat, and it says, "Welcome to the Red Lantern Corps." <laughs> you, what's that? What's that cat's name again? Dexter. Dexter. Just good. So much fun. Yeah. It's just like just it's just a celebration of everything DC have done before this. Absolutely. And those books are right up your alley. That is good fun. Yeah. Just, just tell me about things I already like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just slightly. <laughs> Don't try and them. sell me on new things. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, Hannah Barbera uh, gave us Dastardly and Muttley issue number five of six. We're one away from the end of this book, and God damn it, it can't come soon enough. <laughs> but I'm invested enough to see till the end. Uh, written by Garth Ennis with excellent art by Morissette. Um, and um, colors by somebody, um, Khalees, John Khalees. Um, art's wonderful because he does, he, basically this whole thing is about the real world being uh, intruded by cartoon and elements of cartoons. Um, and in this one, I, and I wish they didn't do this. It's like, everything's explained. Mm. And I wish it was just like, cartoons are fucking our shit up. And yeah, you don't yeah. have to explain where the cartoon element is coming from. Um, so it's like, there's like a temple and like at the temple are all these big stone statues of like Wiley Coyote and Scooby Doo and oh. Daffy Duck and Pluto, except it's not Pluto, it's Cthulhu. Oh. <laughs> Good. Um, and basically, like you know, this whole thing is like this bizarre kind of uh, origin story for Dick Dastardly from the Wacky Races right. and Muttley. Um, and uh, we we get that in the final page. You finally have him twirling his mustache. And calling himself uh. Dick Dastardly, and everyone's like, "Who?" But meanwhile, the president is like a cartoon fox. Cool. Yeah, uh, it's it's really really weird and strange, and that's enough to keep me from reading. But there's just like that all the panels of them explaining why and how everything happened. I just glossed over and just kind of was like, "Get to the end, please." Yeah. I don't care how this happened. I just want to know what's going to happen next. Um, I made it three pages into the fourth issue of Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica. Yeah, I decided I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, it was a, fine. It should have just been two issues. Yeah, it does. I, I don't need six. To- yeah, no one needs six issues of that. Yeah, so that, it's really that, stretching the concept out. I'll be tapping out of that book, unfortunately. Good call. Um, are we doing Marvel now? Yep. Captain America issue number six hundred ninety-seven, featuring Sweet. a very very hairy um, Craven the Hunter on the front um, uh-huh. as our um, chest hair expert. Even though you have considerably less than me, um, <laughs> how do you how do you feel about this uh, this crop? I feel very positive. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, this is written by Mark Wade with art by Chris Samney, colors by Matt Wilson. Um, goes without saying, the art is phenomenal on this issue, which sees Captain America uh, thrown into the classic Craven forest in which he mm. tries to hunt you, um, and uh, Captain America opens with like you know this is going to be a pretty boring hunt for you. I'm not scared of you. Yeah. Like, this is stupid. Fuck you. And then Craven's like, oh yeah, well you have to save this idiot as well. And he's just some guy or is he Siobhan? Or is he? Um, 
I really, really enjoyed this issue. And I think this is what I needed from this series. Just yes. like, you know, it still is a kind of one and done formula, which I like from time to time, from, you know, from time to time mm-hmm. with my comics. Um, they are slowly building towards, I guess, a bigger story. Um, but this was... This was so fun. This was easily the best issue of this so far. I loved it. Yeah, definitely. Great, great, great. And it More ends. This, it ends with Captain America frozen in ice once again. Not again. And, and the next issue is it, 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 the tease for it is Man Out of Time, which is a great mini series written by Mark Wade about mm-hmm. Captain America, which I recommend everyone go read. Um, but yeah, this is this is great. This is what I wanted this team to be doing. Absolutely, um, I love how like Craven the Hunter is in everything at the moment. <clears throat> He's he's one of the best characters. He just is. It's so good. I love that he like yeah like he wakes up in Craven's place. Um, I love how he gets. Yeah, trapped I love how he gets well. trapped. So great. Um, and the the um the panel where he looks down and sees that he's been scratched and realizes that he's drugged. That's such a, like that's the best panel of the week. For me. Yeah, oh, that wow. is so good. That's a, yeah, it's it, it just yeah great storytelling. Oh look at his Chris, eyes. Sammy's so good. Sammy's the best. Um, the colors are so. But I love that he wakes up in Craven's in Craven's spot, and he's just like, "Oh, Spider Man has mentioned you." <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Yeah, great, real good. Um, so and I, 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 he's been frozen by a mysterious group. I'm sure diehard fans. Some boat cap- fascists. Boat fascists, of course. <laughs> it's always the boat fascists. They got so, a big sub and matching outfits. Um, but you know who else has? A semi-similar style to Chris Sumney. Oh, yes. Uh, no, it's entirely his own. Uh, but it is like of a certain trend. That's right. Uh, this kind of like simplistic but detailed uh, cartooning. Um, the David Ayer school. That's right. Um, and uh, uh, our boy Darwin Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Leonardo Romero is who I'm talking about. And he is the artist mm-hmm. on Hawkeye issue 14, which is written by Kelly Thompson. Colours by Geordie Belair. Um I've only just started catching back up on this. <laughs> and of course... After reading my the issue where I was like, "Oh wait, I love this series," yeah. I find out that it's going to be cancelled. Yeah, what a what a fucking great issue! This was so good. Holy moly! Just the, yeah, so well put together, and like some of the the I just like Kelly Thompson writes Clint Barton so well, so well, right? Like he's like he's he's actually a lovable goof, yes, as opposed to just like an annoying fuck up, yes. Um, especially when he kind of like is totally imposing on. I guess these are, you know, Kate Bishop's, Kate Bishop's like, buds, buds who are sidekicks almost. Scooby gang. Um, and he's just like, he's not respecting them at all, yeah. but also kind of getting away with it. And they still want him to, to like, let them help him. Um, yeah. I just love the part where he got the peas yeah, yeah, and put yeah. them on his wounds. It was yeah. great. <laughs> he just says peas. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah. That's I, my panel uh. of the week. <laughs> Clint Barton's face as he says, ah. <laughs> There, oh man, and the the flashback scenes where everything is um, purple, purple and, white, and the yeah. bit where the chick brings back Kate's mum and then kills her, those pages were like heart wrenching. Should she kill her? She, you know, she sends her back to her time Whatever. in which she dies. Yeah. So I guess she. Anyway, see. great, loved it. This is, <coughs> yeah, I'm I'm so sad this um, series is being cancelled because I feel like they have just found their stride so well in the last like two three arcs yeah and i just i'm i'm gonna be sad to see it go it's a real bummer i and i but you know at least it's pretty clear that marvel like kelly thompson you know if they give her an, an, a new series that just started this week and <laughs> but and, and she has said that like she's hinted that this isn't going to be the last thing she does with these with this character so I hopefully she so. gets a team book how could we kelly thompson doing a team book be? she would be she would she would kill it real good 
Um, speaking of and team love, books. Uh, yeah, sorry. I just like, I love, love this book love? so much. Amazing. I love Madame Mask having her body. Oh, Madame Mask is a great character. Too. Also, yeah. also Biff where Madame Mask in Kate's body kisses Clint and Clint's face is like, bleh. <laughs> it's really good. Um, which is everything I wanted. You know, I, I don't want those two we to have We just don't romance. want them to have a romance. No good. <clears throat> um, Astonishing X-Men issue number seven came out this week, written by Charles Soule with art by Phil Noto. Mm. Um, and this is the big, enormous team of mutants that have been gathered together to um, stop something terrible happening in London involving the Shadow King. Turns out the Shadow King um, had uh, Professor Xavier, or potentially mm-hmm. Professor Xavier, imprisoned in his mind. And uh, this sees Professor Xavier returned. But in a sexy young body. Well, in Phantom X's body. So yes. Phantom X gives up his body to gives up his body to Professor X. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like this issue a lot. Yeah, it was good. It was um, good fun. Phil Noto's makes everything look so beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's so funny what a difference. I guess it's like, I don't know if it's colouring or the way he finishes his own art. Mm. But like you compare this to like what he was doing on Black Widow a few years ago and... Mm. It was so different, but uh, yeah, this is this is far and away my favorite X book. I know oh, you're really? like, well, I, 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 I dropped out on that one. I shouldn't have. I'm an idiot. I'm a big dummy. But this is this is good fun. This is like my, far and away my favorite <laughs> classic X Men book. I guess there is something about like a young Professor X who's like, just call me X. That makes me roll my eyes really hard. But whatever. I, I'm sure it'll be oh, revealed that he's not actually like legit. I don't know. Yeah. Do you reckon he's actually back? I don't know. But also, if he is back, why do we all always assume that Professor X is a good guy? He's a weird <laughs> old man. That's true. <laughs> um, speaking of X-Books, I, the one Marvel book I didn't read this week was uh, Grand Design, issue two. Yeah, me neither. By Ed Pisker. I'm going to. I loved the first issue. Yeah, um, it's just... It, like, it's a, it's this enormous. This is an information dump of a book. It really is. Um, and for whatever reason, I do enjoy it, but I knew that... In the time that it took me to read this, I could read all the other Marvel books this week. Yeah. So I opted for more. There is something about this series that makes me feel like I would just much rather read the books that he's no, like you're crazy. compressing into you're crazy. one this thing. This is so much fun. Yeah. I get, you, you can read both. You haven't got to yeah. shit on what Pisco is doing. <laughs> it looks cool. It's cool. But, um, yeah. but I like what a warped, it's, it, it's like slightly warped, the yeah. story that he's telling in it. Just the way he's trying to like put all the timelines together. So I'm, I'm going to take this away on, with me on holiday and come back to you yeah, next cool. week and let That's you know. Cool. If I enjoyed it, I'm going hmm. to reckon that I at least enjoy the art. But just skimming through, it looks like a lot of fun. Um, but this is the, this is actually the finale of Grand Design. Uh, yeah, Until yeah, yeah. next year. Yeah, does the, it take the him... The end of next year. Does it take him a year to draw two issues? Well, I mean, he's still doing Hip Hop Family Tree stuff, oh, I guess. Okay, I don't right. know. So, yeah, he's doing... So at, the, at the end of every year, he's going to There's put just out, such a lot of detail, and I feel like there would be so much work involved in these yeah, issues. Yeah, I definitely agree. But yeah, so every two years for the next every sorry every at the end of each year for the next couple of years we get two issues of Grand Design, cool. which is cool, cool thing Marvel's doing. Hmm. Uh, Black Bolt, yeah, Black Bolt number nine. Um, good <clears throat> issue, a great issue um, involving something that I feel like is very often not good in superhero comics, and that is the 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 funeral for a superhero, or mm-hmm. in this case, a supervillain. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is written by um, Saladin Ahmed with art by Christian Ward, uh, one of the best teams that we you know met last year, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a great book, and uh, Saladin Ahmed has, has a bunch of books l- launching this year that I'm really excited for. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, but this sees uh, Black Bolt and the weird alien that uh, return, re- return to Earth track down um, the the widowed wife of their dead friend. Um, mm-hmm. Their dead friend, of course, being uh, Crusher Creel, the absorbing man. And uh, his wife is Titania. And uh, because Black Bolt can't speak, she immediately just starts laying into him. 
mm-hmm. um, and it's up to this weird emotive alien to kind of tell her, you know, what happened what to fill her in. Happen? I don't know. Weird alien girl. Yeah. Three eyes. Blinky. Mm. Is it Blinky? Blinky. Yeah, yeah. it's Blinky. There you go. Um, <clears throat> and then we see them go to his funeral, mm-hmm. which uh, Black Bolt pays for. Mm-hmm. And who should show up but Captain America and then Thor for some reason. Yeah. But I loved it. It was great. It was really nice. Um, and uh, the story moves forward with uh, the return of the Inhuman Lash, mm-hmm. who is a Charles Soule creation, uh, I think. And, uh, and he's kidnapped Blinky, which is a real bummer. But I so, love it. Now there's like a team up between Titania and Black Bolt. Titania is so good. Like, yeah. you know, we, I, I think I, reading the, the issues with, um, with the Absorbing Man in them, I was like, this is the best Absorbing Man I've ever read. And now it's like, we're about to get the best Titania I've ever read too. Yeah. Real good. Silent Ahmed's so good. Just let him do whatever the fuck he wants, Marvel. Agreed. Let him burn the company to the ground if he wants to. <laughs> a good idea. Speaking of burning things to the ground, that's what the Phoenix does exclusively. And Phoenix is back, everybody, in Phoenix Resurrection, issue two, written by Matt Rosenberg, with art by Carlos Pacheco. Pacheco? Pacheco. I like saying Pacheco. It's definitely not that. It's Pacheco. There's not even a second H there. But imagine, if you will, a universe in which his name is Pacheco. Um, (laughs) Inks by Raphael Fonteris and uh, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. No relation to Matt. Um, This is an entirely unnecessary event. Absolutely. Um, in which the uh, Phoenix is returned, and meanwhile, Jean Grey, the old Jean Grey, is trapped in some weird, like, like Twin Peaksian mental plane, you have to assume, diner fantasy thing. But the best part of this comic is that Magneto is trapped there while he fights the X Men. So he's like talking about ordering coffee while he's fighting. Yeah. Which is, it's really, really strange. But also in the fantasy, he's wearing a choker with a Star of David on it. That's my favorite bit of this issue. <laughs> he is Jewish. He is It's a reminder. Um, he's look, Jewish and he likes being choked. This so far has just been a, just a thing that's happening that I'm reading. Yeah. It's just, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just a thing. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. There are some fun, funny like teams. Like strong guy and pixie and long shot um, investigating Bo- the sewers in New York. Bobby Drake That's is funny. being written a little too annoyingly now. Which one? Yeah, I thought maybe that maybe that's the problem. Is that the pre- is it present day Bobby Drake? I don't know who that is. I guess that is. But he's like really like like he's on a he's like really like smug and on a phone for most of this. <laughs> like while he's talking to everybody, I don't know if that's a good decision. <laughs> Just to make this guy real smug and kind of a weird stereotype that shouldn't be in. I don't know. I like um, I like the way Carlos Pacheco draws Beast. That's all I have to say. Hmm. Good, good. So I move on to the final issue of Guardians of the Galaxy. Lenticular cover. Lenticular cover for issue 150, uh, the beginning of Infinity Quest, um, written by Jerry Duggan with art by Marcus Toe too, and um, Aaron Cuda, um, with colors by um, Ian Herring. Um, and this uh, was a pretty fun issue. Uh, the return of Adam Warlock, who escapes the weird death plane that he's been trapped in. Um, and uh, basically this book ends with him kind of tra- tracking down the Guardians. Uh, Drax quits the Guardians in this issue. Oh, no. Um, because he no longer wants to kill people. He wants That's to nice. live, a, live a life of peace and solitude. So he's put in charge of uh, mining this enormous infinity stone that they've found. Um, but yeah, this is all just a big setup for the next big uh, Marvel cosmic event, 
um, which I'll totally read the fuck out of because it'll be fun. Um, it's called Infinity Countdown, and we're going to get a bunch of spin-off titles. Uh, it's all written by Jerry Duggan, so that'll oh, be cool. fun. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, Guardians of, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy is ending, but not yeah. really. Duggan's doing really fun stuff with this book, um, and I think a massive event like this is probably a good thing to get more people reading it mm-hmm. um it's a massive event that doesn't affect the greater marvel universe mm-hmm. i think doing a cosmic event is cool because i loved all the cosmic events they did in the past what were the uh annihilation annihilation and annihilation Con- conquest and the thanos imperative they were all really really fun mm-hmm. uh, and kang is going to be a big part of this and i love kang yeah. cool those are our marvel books reviewed this week we've got some image ones left um I read so many. I'll just start with, with the quick one. Oh no, 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 let's do this one. Let's do the one that deserves to be talked about first, and that is the finale of Crosswind, uh, written by Gail Simone and uh, art by Cat Staggs. Uh, a, a series issue's favorite last year, one of mm-hmm. our favorite image books, one of our favorite comics of the last year. Very surprising, like kind of you know, absolutely favorite. Um, in which it's basically it's like a, a body swap, a Freaky Friday situation, yep. where a mobster and a housewife swap bodies, and um, this is a big violent conclusion. Um, and uh, all you need to know uh, from a story point of view is that the final thing we see with these characters that is that they will return. Yeah. Um, or that Crosswind will return. Crosswind will return. Oh, Not necessarily the these characters, but I think that it might be just another just another Freaky Friday. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd be happy with either. But also, I think these characters are so strong. And the decision that's made at the end of this book is so strong that I would love to just see them continuing with the decision that they made in, in, in another series. Gail Simone is like just not afraid to fucking do whatever she wants. Yeah. I love it. This was like a less queer ending than I was expecting almost. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I loved that. Uh, like I, 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 this was just like a really, really fun action revenge kind of story. Absolutely. In the end. And uh, it was just really, really fun and silly um, and like and gory and violent. Yeah. But like just told with great finesse and I, I came to quite really enjoy Cat Stags' art too after it being one of my favorite least favorite things about this book I, I came around and actually quite enjoyed it and couldn't see this book drawn by anybody else which I think is the best compliment you can pay an artist absolutely agreed um, this could be like a like a, a really great returning year for Gail Simone absolutely like off the back of this she's doing a what Marvel book is she doing again it was just announced it's um, Domino I think is she doing a Domino oh really book? Cool. Maybe, board. maybe something else. Anyway, um, I love Gail. Yeah, I love Gail Simone too. Um, but I hope she just keeps announcing new projects like this and just doing these cool little minis or whatever and you know, seeing what works and what she can spin out into a bigger series. Absolutely. She's a great writer. I wish she was a bit, a bit more prolific because I feel like she's got a lot of great stories in her head. 100%. And if, like, even if we don't see these specific characters again, I think this is like a perfect six issue story arc yeah definitely whatever yeah i'd recommend it to anyone that wants that loves like criminal Mm -hmm. and wants something even crazier absolutely and if you like like if you like secret six if you like um clean room if you like gail simone's other work i think there's a lot of fun to be had in this book i'll let you know if you like freaky friday yeah who doesn't but we should have had more murders (laughs) um lindsay lowen's literally in this comic and who was the star of the original I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Crosswind, everybody. Check it out. I'll let you know when the trade comes out in a few few weeks' time. Um, so the image book that I want to talk about, just for a moment, is the 175th issue of The Walking Dead. So many issues. They, This comic is, like, for what it is, it's fucking incredible. It's, a, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's an absolute, like, testament to 
how fun comics can be and how you can keep an idea going for so long, you know, provided you get, you know, provided you just keep, keep it moving and, mm-hmm. and, and take risks. Um, and, you know, granted, sometimes this comic definitely doesn't, you know, it really, really plods things along sometimes and the, the, the action can take, can be really, really drawn out um, during certain events. But then every now and then they'll just, a status quo change will just happen and you'll be like, oh God, this changes everything. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's, it's something that shows the value of comics that have been going on for this long. Exactly. Like there's so much that you can do. And we're so trained now to be like, yep, six issue arcs, keep everything moving, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So this is, this is a cool testament to that. So you know, I, don't, I don't even need to tell you. But I didn't it's, read it's, it. it's written by Robert Kirkman, art by Charlie Adlard, uh, inks by Stefano Guardiano, and um, Grey Tones by Cliff Rathburn, and, and letters by my boy Russ Wooten. Russ the Wooten. best named letterer in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Look, if you if you don't want spoilers for Walking Dead, the comic, mm-hmm. just skip forward. It's not really a spoiler. I'm not, not going to tell you that someone's died. I just want to tell that you this in, incredible thing that that's happened. Okay. No one's no, no one's died. No one dies in this issue. Okay. Um. So, so Rick Grimes, mm-hmm. um, who is kind of like the leader of uh, this group of, and I think you could listen to what I'm what I'm talking about without having too much spoil. You just mm-hmm. know that this crazy thing is coming up at some point. Rick Grimes, um, who is kind of like the leader of this ragtag bunch of groups that, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty much him and his son is like the only surviving members since the, the beginning of this series. Um, and they've, you know, their biggest conquest in mm-hmm. this horrible world that's ridden, like, you know, with like riddled with zombies is that they've started up their own society and they have like two villages that operate, they grow their own vegetables mm. um, and, and you know, they, they, they grow their own food and like they, they make ammunition and they... It's a safe community. People are able to live lives in this little community of, you know, a couple hundred people or whatever. Um, and that's, you know, it, it's felt really, really big and earned that they've, they've been able to do something this big. Um, and uh, in this issue, out of nowhere, um, one of them has been like contacting someone else um, like from another camp somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you have no concept of who this person is. You just know it's a girl. Um, and when he and a small group of, uh, of, of Rick's people go to meet this girl, mm-hmm. it turns, they get met by a bunch of, uh, men in, in heavily, heavily armored with, uh, with enormous automatic rifles. Oh no. So immediately, you know, like, oh shit, this is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's revealed that these people are part of a society that is in the thousands Almost, Whoa. almost fifty thousands, and it's called the Commonwealth. Whoa! So, I think it's just like you know, you followed, you spent so long following this Rick, this hero who's managed mm-hmm. to build so much from from nothing, mm-hmm. and then to be at this point now, one hundred and seventy five issues in, and learn that that's fucking drop in the water compared to what other people have been doing in America. Mm. And I think knowing that the universe that you're reading is so much bigger than what you've been reading is such a cool and reassuring thing when you're reading this long comic. And I, I, I look, I highly recommend everyone just jump on board now. Yeah. Cool. Like it does a really great job of explaining who everybody is each issue. And like, if you, if you've lapsed or whatever, like catch up if you can, but if not, just pick up this issue and, and, and read a re- like what, like what I think is like the most exciting issue of this in, you know, 30, 40 issues. Cool. So fun. So cool. And so just like, so ballsy. Totally, and just re- really, really well done. Like, and and you know, you worry that with the success of the television show, that they're going to just try and write for the television show, 
and make it smaller and smaller so the budget can be less and less in the yeah, television yeah. show. But fuck, stop doing the exact opposite. They they have they walk past a football field at one point, and uh, one of the characters is like, "You guys are settled. On, you guys use oh you, you guys live on a football field." It's like, "Oh no, we have a football field for the football games." And we got baseball, and we got blah blah, blah and we got blah blah. blah. And it's oh. just like, yeah, this is like a full-on functioning town in mm. this horrendous landscape. So I, it, I'm, I'm genuinely like, oh shit, what are they going to do now that this is? It's not a threat. It's just like a new part of the world that they need to adjust to. Yeah, cool. Really, really great. Oh, great that's issue. Cool. One of my like, yeah, really, really enjoyed this. Um, Fifteen years, two thousand and three to two thousand eighteen, is what, what? they celebrated the end. Fifteen years of The Walking Dead. Really cool. Well done, everybody. Involved. Holy moly. Really great. Um, so now a book that you read. Paper, hey. Paper Girls number 19, written by Brian K. Vaughan, uh, with art by Cliff Chang and Matt Wilson, and uh, letters by Jared Clay Fletcher. Um, this is the uh, time-displaced Paper Girls who were one, one night in the 80s out on their paper route, and then they suddenly got flashed to the future, mm-hmm. and now we are living out a, a Y2K nightmare. Um, and it's uh, a lot of fun. It's manic. It's crazy. It's beautifully drawn. How do you even explain what's going on? And the personalities of these four girls are still what kind of, you know, yeah. drives the heart of this book. Absolutely. Like, there is so much time travel craziness in this book that it's even, like, it's it's all to do with, like, this big war between adults and children. Yeah. It's insane. Time travelers. It's insane, and you meet, and then they meet older versions of themselves. They travel mm-hmm. through time, and a big part of like the emotion of this book is them going, "Oh fuck, this is what I end up doing, or this is who I end up becoming." Absolutely, and then having to kind of adjust to, to that. Um, there's a lot going on in this in this book. It's you know difficult to explain without spoiling stuff, but but man, um, it's so good. It, it's so good, and it's it, I just feel like it's like a. It's one of those comics that I never want to see anyone attempt to turn into a TV show or a movie. No, please, it's just this is just a it's it's this is a perfect for a comic book. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You couldn't express this in any other format. And I love how flawed um, Brian K. Vaughan has made like almost each of the girls. Yeah, all of them. Like one of them relying on old religious memories. One of them kind of like refusing to accept who her friends become like yeah. you know, sexually. Uh, yeah. Really, really great. Really, really fucking great. Love it. Rock Candy Mountain by Carl Starks um, with uh, colors by Chris Schweizer. Um, it's been a, a series that I uh, almost dropped early on and then I stuck through it and it got really, really good. I and did drop it. This is the uh, penultimate issue when the jungle fires were burning. Um, and uh, I just want to say that this is a, a lot of fun. And um, the adventure is is high, mm. and uh, involves uh, hobos and the devil, and um, a, a quest to find family. And mm. um, it's really really funny. It's got a lot of heart, and the cartooning is is just splendid to to look at. Nice. I'll I'll go in depth when the when when the final issue comes out. Cool. But let's talk about Extremity issue number ten, mm. written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson, a pen pen ultimate. Because this is only going to be a 12-issue run, did you know? Which is a bummer. But yeah. also, like, when you see the level of detail that Darren Warren, Daniel Warren Johnson puts into a comic Absolutely. that he wrote himself, you're like, oh, yeah, take a break, hey? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, this is a, a, a book about war. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and family. And family and war. 
Um, and it, there's some truly heartbreaking bullshit that goes on mm-hmm. regularly in this book. And uh, this issue is uh, a lot more of that. Absolutely. And we get to see a character, something really heartbreaking happened to one of the characters who becomes a monster that we didn't even yeah. know was inside them the whole time. But it's a monster that like the other side is, is, is threatening to mm-hmm. unleash. And so it's, you know, it's unexpected when it turns out to be this character that you've come to root for. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I, I loved this, like, you know, in this one, they're, they're in a hall of like artifacts that these mm-hmm. kind of people that have chosen a life of peace have been assembling. And, and we know that one of the main characters before he had his arm ripped off by the enemy um, was an artist and uh, his art has gone on to inspire others to create art in this horrible universe that they're a part of. Mm-hmm. Great issue. Looks fantastic too. Yeah, such a beautiful book. Great Colours by Mike Spicer. I love it. Um, have you dropped the Grave Diggers Union? No, I just didn't get around to it. This is a, this is Lost I, two, I didn't, I didn't like to. I didn't like issue two, but I fucking loved issue three, which is what we got this week. Written by Wes Craig with art by Wes Craig and Toby Cypress. Mm-hmm. Um, colours by Nico Giardia. Um, look, even if this plot didn't like the second one, I got lost in the plot. I was like, "Who are all these new characters? What are they doing? What are we? Who are even the characters from before? I can't remember. It looks mm. weird." The art is so great, and I would just read it each month just to pour through the art. Yeah, it's totally fucking good. wonderful. Um, but uh, everything kind of came together, and this is like a kind of fun witchcrafty Ghostbusters mm-hmm. um, set in like the bayous or whatever, um, and uh, it has lots of like funny connections to like. Uh, you know, things from our world. So, like, a, a monster in this is a vampire who's obsessed with, like, a Corey Feldman equivalent in this universe. Uh. And um, so now they're tracking down this, like, famous has-been actor called Cody Bloom. Because nice. he might have the key to a bunch of secrets um, about all the monsters. But, yeah, if you love brilliant monster drawings, and there's an amazing pin-up by Nick Dragoda at the back, too. Ah, Cool. Great. Um, yeah, wow. great. A brilliant, brilliant showcase of uh, fun, exciting, dynamic art, at the very least, is what this book is. It's cool good story, fun. too. The Grave Diggers Union. Check it out. Uh, I only, only read a few pages of number one with a bullet, issue three. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been, I, I read the first issue, which we both liked, but then yeah. you, you dropped off. And I think I'm, I'm dropping this, too. I'm oh, okay. Just letting you know. Nice. I know people like to keep up with what I'm reading, what I'm not reading. Mm. Now we do other publishers. I didn't read anything. I read two. Okay. I read two, but one of them was my favorite comic of the week. Oh, man. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe, issue number 18. Have, uh, I've read very few Ninja Turtles comics. I've read a few, maybe the first 20 of the um, IDW run, that, uh, the main IDW run, but Universe is the spin-off book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, issue 18, this is like, I don't know if each issue is, if it's like an early, I don't know if it's like what runs concurrently to the regular TMNT book or it's like their, their early adventures or whatever. But um, this was a one-shot Written by Paul Allure, um, who we saw recently on the Clue book that IDW published, mm-hmm. um, with art by Tyler Boss, who is the artist on uh, my favorite um, miniseries last week. Actually, it was cool getting, getting like little hints of two of my favorite miniseries. We've got the Secret Weapon Zero issue in this. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Tyler Boss was the artist on Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. Excellent. Um, and the art is just so fucking great in this. And uh, I want to thank uh, someone who we thank constantly on this podcast, and that is the great Connor. Who uh, let, let everybody know in our Serious Issues group, facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues podcast, that this would be the, uh, that Paul, that sorry, uh, Tyler Boss was the artist on this issue and that everyone should read it. Mm-hmm. And I'm very glad I took Connor's advice because uh, they were right. It was 
amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically, and the story is really good too. <clears throat> um, having not been a massive fan of Paula Law's writing in the past, I, I loved his take on the um, on the Ninja Turtles. This is uh, f- there's some unbeknownst, uh, some you know, big disasters happened, and everyone from Midtown has uh, been evacuated into um, a, an evacuation center, which the Ninja Turtles have chosen to hide from an enemy inside of, but now realize they're trapped um, and. If they need to hide or escape, or else all the humans will learn of their existence. And you know, it's bad enough that April O'Neil and Casey Jones know who they are. They can't let anybody else know. Such great panel layouts. The pa- like he, t- I, I don't know if Paul Alor wrote. You know, I, I don't yeah, know how, yeah. how 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 the agreement works. So, so I don't want to credit all to Tyler Boss, but like, man, there were, there's really, like, he's a really creative visual communicator. One hundred percent. And there's like, you know, great big shots of like showing the layout of the rooms that they're in and ways that they could escape. You have like all these different plans laid out and each plan is a di- is, is one panel and you just see that the, pa- the plan's failing. Um, in the end, Michelangelo um, like convinces them all to dress up like monsters and pretend to be monsters instead of Ninja Turtles. And it's great. There's like really sweet moments between these kids whose parents don't believe them that they saw monsters. And cool. Just like I would like... Just another one that I just recommend to everybody. This was an excellent, excellent one shot and a great issue of a series that I'll definitely check in to from time to time, provided on the uh, the creative team. I just I just love the Ninja Turtles. I forget that they're such good characters. Totally. Um, I watched it. two episodes of the new animated series this morning, um, and I loved it. It was really good. Cool. Unreal. Um, final comic I'll talk about this week is Giants issue two. It's a bummer that you yeah pick I it just up. didn't get up to yeah, it. yeah I picked so it up just didn't get to definitely it. Definitely try and read it and, and you know well before you try and read all the other comics yeah. you have to read before we record next. There was a point where I had three weeks of comics at my house and I was like oh, this is too much. <laughs> like I said, there's nothing worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Giants is uh, the uh, the comic written and drawn by the Valderrama brothers uh, out through Dark Horse. Um, story, art, and lettering by Carlos and Miguel Valderrama, um, and, and this is actually about two brothers as well. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a survival comic. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is trying to survive in a world of monsters, and the other is trying to survive in a crime underworld that lives off of things that are scavenged from this world of monsters. Cool. The two brothers were separated in issue one, and this issue kind of sh- shows them both splitting off and trying to survive in each of those worlds. Um, it's like a really, really fun, dark, but like, like still like I would recommend it to a teen. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, story of like yeah, like monsters and survival. It's the highest praise I would recommend it to a teen. <laughs> yeah, really, really great series, um, and definitely one that I think will read really well in trade too. But if you can pick up these singles because they look great, the art's wonderful, great panel layouts, great colors, um, and uh, yeah, just great story and character. Um, and the, the really, really excellent monster design too. Very influenced by like kaiju, mm. um, but but while being its own thing. Real cool stuff. Cool. Um, so yeah, great week of comics this week. Really um, was. Lots of really, really, really good releases. And uh, we want to know which ones you loved. Come and let us know over at our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash series podcast, where you can find many people just like yourself talking about comics all day. And only occasionally do I have to lock threads because people were making inappropriate jokes about Stanley's sexual misconduct. Oh, Sorry, yeah. potential. Potential. Alleged. Alleged. Yeah, whatever. There are some things that like, I don't think like a group of thousands of comic book fans have the nuance or respect <laughs> to talk about in a, in, a, in, a, in a nice way. On Facebook. Agreed. <laughs> um, but if you would like to talk about comics, you can always do that over there um, with us. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, you can also find us um, on Twitter. We are at serious underscore underscore issues. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, uh, a creator tried to tweet at us this week after yes. we reviewed one of his books. Uh, which book was it again? It was Long Lost. Long Lost. That horror comic. And Matthew he's, he's, something. Matthew so- thanks, Matthew something, um, for sending us the next two issues of Long Lost 2, which I'll, I'll try and read. Yeah, I'm excited. On a plane or something I'm like so that. I'm so bad at reading things a PDF. It sucks. It's no good. It's literally the, it's the only thing worse than having it's three weeks of comics. <laughs> Uh, but um, he he tweeted at us wrong. So Matthew, if you could go in and amend that tweet to underscore. Please, thank you. Thank you so but much. But he did taking his comic, so I saw it anyway. Oh, good, that's good. Thanks, um, and uh, we're on the individually. I'm at Levdog L E V D O W G. Siobhan is Siobhan C B G on Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram. One of us is more prolific than the other, but you have to follow us both to find out who that is. <laughs> um, and uh, if you want to send us an email, serious issues at kingscomics.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy your January. I hope you are having as many holidays as we are. Yeah. Um, lovely. I hope you're not back at work for some reason. I am. But I like my job. Yeah, that's good. So that's all right. Um, if anyone has any Singapore tips, please let me know. Yeah. No one gave me any. Oh. I'm just going to be sitting in a hotel room enjoying extremely <laughs> high-speed internet, which nice. is going to be great. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.